Critical Conversations, episode 12. It's good to have you back. My name is Sam Castles, and with my co-host, Jared Bessie, as always. Hello, everyone. Good to have you back. Today is... No, no, no. Not October. (laughs) October, whoa! (laughs) Today is November 9th. Yeah, if if, uh, we were claiming we filmed this in October, you would have questions for us. Yeah, lots of questions. Although it would be pretty cool because we'd know exactly what happened. So (laughs) Exactly. Or as close as anyone can say they know at this point. (laughs) Right, true. (laughs) Just kidding. It should be pretty... Pretty shut, but that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about election results. So this yes. is filmed five days, six days, six days after the election. Yeah, almost a week after the election. Uh, we were going to record on Friday, and uh, we had some technical difficulties. True. <laughs> so that didn't end up happening, but I think it worked out because we officially had a race called on right. Saturday um, for Joe Biden. And so we can now kind of dig into kind of more of what actually happened as opposed to being like, well, we're pretty sure this is what's going to happen. <laughs> but not right. <laughs> yeah, it was so. like Groundhog Day for a little bit there. I was like, go to bed, not called. Maybe called by lunch? Nope. Maybe nope. maybe tonight while I'm asleep? Nope. Yeah, and we went up and like, oh, maybe. I was driving to San Antonio and then I got a bunch of texts and I was like, oh, <laughs> I wonder what this is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So... Yeah, crazy couple of days. Hope everyone got some sleep if you were following it. <laughs> Didn't yes. pay too much attention. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it was yeah. like Wednesday or Thursday, I think I was like, just kind of didn't check much at all. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I gave it, you know, Tuesday, talking about it all day, Wednesday, all day. Like maybe it's called the day after. And then Thursday, I was like, all right, it's probably not going to be till Friday or Saturday. So Yeah. What a roller coaster. Yeah. So we did a, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so we did a bit of a pre-election episode. We kind of gave some predictions, some scenarios. And for a minute there, it was looking like best case scenario for Trump, which we knew was a bit of a long shot. But um, we thought for a minute, okay, best case scenario, he's actually winning Florida, winning North Carolina, winning Georgia. And then uh, the votes, the mail-in ballots started to come in, and we saw it was back to still a good performance for Trump and the GOP overall. We'll get into the weeds here in a second, but um, ended up not being as crazy good. Yeah, it, it was uh, really interesting. Election night was really, was pretty exciting, even though, like, we didn't know who won. Right. Um, because I feel like we were expecting you know, a, or at least I was ex- more likely expecting a Biden decisive victory than anything else. Um, right. So when the night opened up and it was like, okay, Biden has a slight lead, like that was kind of expected because they count in, you know, early voting first. But then, you know, an hour in or so, it was like Florida was called pretty quick or at least was pretty sure pretty quick East Coast. Right. They, Which you know, was the mail-in ballots and the history yeah. like, turnout there was huge yeah um which probably the socialism messaging from the trump campaign as framing kamala and biden as such a strong socialist you know whatever yeah you know hit home with a lot of hispanics that have come from more socialist leading countries in south america they live in florida and that i think was true across the states but specifically that made a difference in florida um yeah anyway it was really interesting like Trump was looking pretty good, 
but then the mail-in ballots hit the next morning um, which <laughs> was kind of what I talked about in our, my prediction it was like yeah we'd kind of have like a, a pendulum we'd go one way and then go back towards Biden I just didn't realize right. it would swing so in favor of Trump on election night um, yeah yeah it was it was crazy but before I flash the map on a show this cool I, I was watching um the betting odds oh yeah like really closely and um i'll go ahead and share my screen but these these are a little hard to understand let me figure out yeah explain way. break them down for me because i'm not sure yeah they're a little confusing so now i'm trying to remember what day is this this is odds of this is like the day of like uh the election so is this the seven which way is this flowing so this is where this we is start this is 7.30 on November 6th, which okay. was election day, right? No. No. Election oh, that's day Friday. Third. All right, I didn't have this queued up. This was a last second thing. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay, hang on, guys. Well, this isn't the one I wanted. Okay, but yeah. But basically, throughout the day, um, Trump was supposed to have like a 30%. Let me see if I can look up the, there's another site that was doing a better job. 2024 Sorry, odds are already out. That's what Google said. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> look at that. Start preparing for next time, guys. Seriously. So exciting. Well, okay. This yeah, is leading up. Oh my goodness. Oh, we're going to have to pay. Oh, no, 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 no. We just oh. have to allow the ads. I'm pretty oh. sure okay. I don't even have ad block on this. Anyway, you can kind of see from here. Basically, the betting odds for Trump were really tight back in September, and then it was sort of holding steady at about 30% chances going into the election. Right. And then um, he started performing really well, and things got to like 50%, 50% during the election night. Which and is then, crazy. Go ahead. Gen- it's, just, uh, it's just crazy in general, because it was like, you know, 10% in some places, and you know. 30 of the highest and others right yeah so i think the betting odds were always a little bit more favorable than the polls themselves because i think the people who were betting were like accounting for the polls but also had their reasons to doubt them and things like this so it actually got to where during the night when trump was looking his at his best it looked like he was going to win wisconsin michigan the betting odds were like 70, 80% for Trump. And wow. at that point, I was like, wow, this is, this is it. Like, he's probably going to pull it through and the polls are never going to recover. <laughs> and then slowly things started to tip back towards Biden. I remember going to bed really, really, really late on Tuesday because yep. I stayed up for a long time. And then I went to bed and then Catherine was not feeling well. So she was awake and then we just stayed up for a little bit. She had like some crackers, took some Tylenol or something. Dang. And then by the time yeah. I was actually like in bed, it was 4 a.m. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> I was yeah, like I made it way to, too late. I made it to 1.30 Central Time. Yeah, 1.30 so, Central. Which is I watched Trump's speech. Um, right. Which I was watching on NBC is my, one of my favorite parts of election night. I was watching on NBC and because I was just like, I just, because I had just gotten home from my watch party and I was just Googling it. And uh, midway through Trump's speech, they're like, hold on, hold on for just for a sec. We'll come back to the speech here in a bit. But first, we're going to show you uh, what the actual polls say. And like, you just start like <laughs> re-explaining what Trump is saying to make sure that you're not like lost. And I was like, what? I, I want 
to listen to the speech. What are you doing? Yeah, it's, <laughs> anyway, that was there's been a lot of that lately. <laughs> Which yeah, really but it was at that, it was at some point, <laughs> right, right. It was at some point between like 4 a.m. and when I woke up around like 7 and then slept a little bit more till 8 <laughs> that there was a big shift and yeah. the odds came back down and the ballots were coming in heavy for Biden and those mail-in. Um, Especially in the those mail-in states. ballots, right, in the swing states. And then I was like, oh, back to being even. And then as the days ticked on, it just went more and more to Biden. And it got crazy. I mean, I was tracking a lot of people who were looking at the exact counties we were waiting on and mm-hmm. which counties were pro-Trump and which counties were pro-Biden and or pro-Hillary, I guess, in 2016 and how the polls have been. And it was just this huge, like, poor journalists, poor guys working in the maps. Like I know the guys on Fox and CNN that were like getting right. the updates from the teams and regulating the maps and doing all the reading. I had like six hours over three days of sleep. Just yeah, I was like, like yeah, they had to have been on constantly for, you know, they're still on. Like it's I not know. done. Right, yeah. yeah. I don't know how their brains like held, held up. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So very interesting. I'm gonna flash up the map. We, okay. I probably should have done it earlier. I've been we've been sort of just referring to it, but here it is. So this is this is New York Times. It's officially been called for Biden as yep. uh, we have, which uh, pretty much every called. every major news source has called the election at this point. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. The only one who hasn't yet is Real uh, Clear Politics. As far as I can tell, they still have Pennsylvania as a toss up, but. But it's it pretty, sure seems over. Yes, sure seems over. And but it, I, mean, I mean, Biden's probably gonna take North Carolina, Georgia, and Arizona too. So, oh, you think he's gonna take North Carolina? Uh, yeah, maybe not North Carolina, but I North don't know. Carolina, I think Trump will hold. Yeah, definitely Georgia and Arizona, though. Let me look at because uh, I know this site had like. Betting odds per see they still have ninety five percent chance for a Republican, but okay. Pennsylvania it's eighty one percent, Georgia seventy eight percent. Yeah, these are just betting odds, so it could be even more. But that's why I like Trump is. Some people still think he can win. He's still at like thirteen percent, but through the. But again, I think that's mostly like we were talking about this before the show. It's based on, you know, how people are betting and yeah. there are enough people out there that are like yeah it's still going to be overturned in the courts so we're gonna right. exactly get in while the getting's good but they're gonna yeah so. yeah <laughs> so while it's still not technically over it does look very very dire for trump i think if i had to give him a percent chance of winning it would be like five percent maybe that's generous yeah that's generous i think um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying Biden's got the win. I mean, like, you even just look at, I mean, obviously, the popular vote isn't everything because you have an electoral college, but, I mean, it's right. over 5 million more, like, yep. so, or a little less than 5 million. But, yeah, it's 3%, a significant, right? A significant, a significant margin of people voted for Biden yeah. over Trump. Did you see there was, um, 538 did one where it was like, if Biden wins by 4%, of the popular vote, his odds of winning electoral college are this. If he wins about three yes. percent, yes, this. that was like a week before the election. Yeah, that was an interesting article for sure. 
And I, I want to say Biden winning by 3% only gave him like a 50% chance to win the election or something around there. Hmm. Like 3% weren't, was not great for Biden. Right. Just because of the way the electoral college is structured, like California, I mean, look at the popular vote in California. That's an extra 5 million right there. Yep. So, um, yeah. Yep. So he needed a resounding win in the popular vote for it to not be close, basically. Yeah, and I was reading 538 published an article yesterday that was like talking about the the polls and like how big how big Biden actually won. And it was pretty significant that the the margin of error was, you know, three or four percent, and that's about what we saw nationally. In certain states it was not the case. Right. They were more wrong right. in Florida than they thought, more wrong in some of these other states. Yeah. In favor of Trump, but nationally and ended up being within the margin of error. So the polls didn't get it as wrong as we thought on elect as on election night. Right. Um, but I do think it's fair to say that Paul polls were not great again. Um, they seem to all fail in the same direction where they underestimate Trump voters. Yes. Which um, I think, or GOP in general. You see yeah. us in House and Senate. As well. Yeah, no, as we go into the House and Senate next, I think that's even more interesting with the, the polls getting, because it, you know, at the end of the day, it may be that the national election is pretty close to what they thought it was going to be. Um, right. But yeah, the House and the Senate is definitely, definitely interesting. Yeah. We'll have to be, we'll, we'll be covering hopefully the rest of like the analysis of based on why the polls could have been as wrong as they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, we won't not, get too in the weeds today probably. No, yeah, probably not today. Well, we still don't know a lot of info, so. <laughs> right, a lot outstanding. Yep. Yeah, Let's talk so about the is, Senate. Yeah, this is the Senate map. Um, the Democrats were projected to take the Senate. It was mm -hmm. supposed to be like 51, 52 seats. Uh, it was Democrats, so yeah, close. close. And it was never as confident as the, like, President people were much more confident on Biden than they were on right. taking, the, taking the Senate. It was like, oh, this is possible, especially if we see a big blue wave, which could happen. Right. Um, right. But it was never like super likely. And, right. So, and, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was like, yeah. And so it looks like it's gonna. This Republicans are gonna maintain hold of, right. of the Senate. Yeah. So it's important to know that uh, there are still two races that. Well, there are technically four races that have not been called. Um, North Carolina, which is looking like it should go to the Republican. Uh, yeah, they have about what a million more, or a hundred thousand more. Yeah. Yep, about a hundred thousand more, so. and. Yeah, that should be pretty okay. It's definitely, I mean, it hasn't been called, so that's worth saying. And then Alaska, who are, they're counting at a snail's pace, like they're making Nevada look like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to be expected. We talked about this last time. I think we were looking at Alaska votes. It's like they count for like 17 days because of so many yeah. mail ballots in rural areas. And Yeah, and they have some other rules that make it difficult to count, I think. It's like a perfect storm for them to go at a snail's pace. Yep. But that, that should be a call for the Republican team. Yeah, I mean, Sullivan. <laughs> right. So assuming that the Republicans lock up NC and Alaska, that will put them at 50. But Georgia is already, they're going to have two runoff elections for the Senate. Um, so if I could let's see. I guess. Yeah. So there's this runoff. Yeah. Purdue versus Austin. Osaf. Awesome. And then there's the second one, which is 
Yes. So yeah. this so one had <laughs> two Republicans, like very strange looking yeah, race. Interesting that, yeah, I mean, if Doug Collins and Kelly combine their votes, like they would, you know, beat beat the uh, Democrat pretty soundly, but. Yeah, it's pretty strange because I mean, this would be what, like 46 almost, and then this yep. would be 40, pick up a couple extra, 45. Like it's going to be close still. Yeah, no, for uh, sure. Um, so these are, yeah. Probably one one will win each one. That is based on these projections. Um, right. It looks like Purdue will will win, and then the Democrat will win in the other the other seat. But it'd be really interesting is if the Democrats take both of them, and we have a fifty fifty tied Senate, which would be wild, and that intrigues me to no end. So. Right. Yeah, that would be the most fascinating scenario to resolve, especially for a political scientist like. Why not give something else to us in 2020, like a completely split <laughs> <laughs> Senate? Yeah. So the runoff is on January 5th, which... Oh, okay. So it's still, still a little ways away. Still a ways away, interestingly yeah. enough. And let me go back to the Senate map. Um, but yeah, so there's time for that to change. Like those two runoffs right. are going to be, like you just said, in incredibly important because there's going to be a ton of money poured into it those yeah. last two votes are oh, important not yeah. just because like a lot of votes do come down to like all 51 republicans or whatever against 49 democrats but yeah. it controls who the senate majority leader is and mm -hmm. um and in the case of a tie in the senate the vice president votes which is going to be Kamala harris who's obviously a democrat and has right. been there and voted incredibly with the Democrats. So uh, those two seats are going to be incredibly important and there's going to be so much money torn into that. Yeah. And, so if you yeah. live in uh, Georgia, go vote. <laughs> or worst case scenario, you don't live in Georgia. You're not registered in Georgia, but you have a Georgia phone number and you get called five times a day for the next two months because you, everyone thinks who has a Georgia phone number? That's incredible. But yes. Yeah. That would be that would be sad if you did. I'm that would be very sad. Because <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of calls because yes. your vote is gonna matter. <laughs> very much so. Oh man. So yeah, that the Republicans performed uh better than expected on the polls. There there were these were projected to be the toss-ups. The two in Georgia, those are obviously still toss-ups, but the rest of the toss-ups. Uh, went Republican, Iowa, yep. Maine. So this is Susan Collins' race. Um, she was projected to narrowly lose, I think, and she won resoundingly. Yeah, I was just reading eight. about her, and I was telling you, like, so Collins was the only senator who won her state while her state lost to Biden, or also voted Biden. So that means in her district, in her area, right. like, the people split their ticket. They voted for Biden, but they also voted for her. So that's pretty interesting. Yep. Uh, that's the only that's the only Senate race where that it was the case. Right. So we can see based off of the polling here, Democrats expected to win narrowly. Pretty true. Couple very close ones. Yep. Colorado not as close. Republicans expected to win narrowly. Look at these crushing results. For yep. Much more substantial. Plus twenty. Plus thirty is not called yet, but that'll go. That's plus awesome, twelve. Yeah. Plus twenty. Plus like these are huge margins. And even for the expected to win easily and like. Some of the Democrat ones were much closer than, yep. than they should yeah, have the been. New Mexico so the polling, was super close. yeah, polling was just 
way off, or not, I don't know. I shouldn't say way off until it's decided, but we're seeing, we're gonna see the same story in the Senate, the same story in presidential, same story in the House. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this is obviously huge for the Republicans and um, obviously Georgia matters, but even if it's 50-50, there's a couple senators that vote, that are Republicans that will sometimes vote Democrats, some Democrat senators. So we were talking about Joe Manchin from West Virginia. who Their votes is, already matter so much. And right. with, if that, if we do have a, a real 50-50 split, they're going to be like, right. the people to watch for. <laughs> right? Like they're going to matter Absolutely. Like a lot. You have pulled up yeah. Joe Manchin. Like he, yeah, they, they're right. going to matter. So, so go right, to the house. Yeah. This is the, the map. It's a little bit harder to understand the map visually because it's, it's all over the place. But <laughs> right. the Democrats are had control ahead of time. They were extremely likely to keep it. I mean, the odds of the Republicans taking the House were like less than super low. Yeah, super yeah. low. They would have had to win like every toss up and then a bunch of one second Democrats. Which they're still not going to do. But what is interesting not gonna do. is how close everything was. You look at yeah. this, like the toss-up districts, Republicans have won every single one called. And Basically, yeah. They've flipped yeah, all the ones called. All right? the ones called so far. And it looks like there's two or three that could go that could go Democrat. But they also flipped five or eight different seats um, that were that the Democrats, the Democrats yeah. had for and then the the Democrats flipped three seats. So it ended up being a net of five, which is really crazy when they considered that they didn't think they'd win any i don't right. think yeah. nothing i was reading was like yeah they're gonna win they're gonna win five more seats in the house um pretty they unbelievable may, they may win they may win even more than that so right yeah i mean some of these they're not called yet but like all these new york districts unless the mail-in voting voting that comes in now is extremely for biden like like we've sort of talked about Right. Um, for the Democrats in this case, yeah. Right, yeah, sorry. But um it doesn't look good for the Democrats at all. No, yeah, it's um, it's it's really, really interesting. So Yeah, so again they won't have the majority, um, but it's still significant because like we said, votes are not always completely partisan and you know, all those votes do end up mattering. And in twenty twenty two there's going to be a different uh, round of House seats up for election, and if you perform if well, it usually take it. It's usually you know the other party that wins at the midterm, right? So, so odds sets, are that the Republicans could take back the House in in two years, right? So, so it looks like we're heading for gridlock, yep. especially if these uh, Georgia Senate seats break Republican. We'll right. still have Mitch McConnell as the Senate Majority Leader, and it, it is interesting to note, you know, Biden has always fancied himself as a moderate, someone who likes to work with Republicans to get things done. Yep, he said that um, many times throughout the campaign. Like, yeah, he's right. So, yeah, that might that that is going to matter because he's going to have to make deals and going to have to work with Republicans exactly. more than we thought he might have to. Exactly. So right, and we we remember that a lot of. You know, the right strategy was to paint Joe Biden as a socialist, paint him as right. someone who's going to be a lot more left-leaning. But if he has no Senate to work with, 
the courts are also stacked more conservative these days. Yeah, all it's the conservative like, judges. Yep. Yeah, it's looking like uh, it could be a pretty quiet two years, and then obviously it will change up in 2022. Which potentially may not be the worst thing years. for Americans' uh, yeah. political <laughs> state right now. <laughs> right, right, yep. So it's, it's definitely, I mean, we had talked about this last week. There is a scenario where Biden performs exactly as he pulls. He wins, you know, 350 electoral votes or whatever. Mm-hmm. They take the House, they take the Senate. And that's when it could have been like panic time for the Republicans because anything right. the, the Democrats wanted to do, they could do pretty easily. I mean, right. maybe having to deal with the courts, but there's always stacking the courts and all that. But it looks like it's all about to be a moot point. If right, which is now it. looking like a really smart move for Senate Republicans to have voted on Amy Coney Barrett. Right. Because now it's like, okay, they can't stack the courts for at least two years probably and we got our justice through so yeah that's really interesting yes yep um other than that i think there's a couple interesting things to look at i would check out some of the ballot measures that were passed yeah there's there's some really interesting things passed in the last you know that are these are measures that constituents vote on directly as opposed to being a representative voting on them Uh, my most interesting one is uh, the, wait, no, it's um, Oregon basically uh, yeah. legalized uh, all drugs or decriminalized all drugs. Like all. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And like you can have heroin and you can have cocaine and you can have meth as long wait, as you don't think meth. Oh yeah, it is meth. No, it's meth too. As long as you don't, as long as you're not selling it, as long as you're not buying it, you're okay. <laughs> Which. Yeah. All right, 55% of the vote. So almost 60, only really, 56%. Anyway, that's really interesting. Yeah, uh, so you make a good point. It's not legalization, it's decriminalization, right? Yeah, You're so like still not, illegal. It's not, like, it's not like Colorado and weed, you know, it's not like legalization, you can do right. it. You will not be, you know, thrown in jail or locked up for doing that. So it'll be really interesting to watch over the next couple of years what that actually looks like. So Yeah, so the actual what well, I wish I could find the text. I wish I had it up in front of me. Oh, like what the what the Yeah, because if I is. remember correctly, let's see. It's basically like if you get caught with small amount, you know, an amount that makes it sure that you weren't selling it or right right you're not like clearly, it or clearly a dealer right then you can get fined is it a hundred dollars it's something small yeah something like yeah, that. yeah here it is instead of going to trial and facing possible jail time a person right. have the option of paying a hundred dollar fine or attending new addiction recovery centers funded, funded by, by life Funded by marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, which is super interesting to me because I I wonder if there's any, like, fine print here. Because if I'm rich, I don't care about a $100 fine. Yeah, 100 bucks, especially if you're paying for the drugs that cost a lot of money. (laughs) Right, and, like, does it go up after the fifth offense, after the twelfth offense? Like, I don't know. Can you just keep paying 100 bucks and not worry about it? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they'll figure out exactly how they're going to do this, but obviously 
yeah, or you don't even have to pay it. You would just have to go to basically state funded rehab. Um, but yeah, that this is huge. Like, uh, is this, is there anywhere in the world like this? Like, probably some European That's a country. good question I just thought of. Where is cocaine <laughs> legal in the world? Well, that's different from. That's true. Decriminalized. But oh, legal medically in Australia. Who knew? Ayo. Cocaine? What is medical cocaine? That's so wild. I don't know. Um, so there are, it looks like Brazil, there's. Decriminalized in Bolivia. It's legal in of... Colombia. Wow. One gram. That's so funny. I wonder where I Okay, so it has been unenforced in the Netherlands. Correct. There's always fine print with these, I feel like these Wikipedia lists, but. Oh, like legal, medically, medically, interesting. In the U.S., I didn't know that. Huh. Um, anyway, yeah. Interesting. So definitely in the minority still. Yep. But it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, a couple other, a couple other ballot ones that are sort of interesting. Oregon's definitely the most interesting. Well, I, I think one I think is worth, or what, some I think are worth mentioning, are the California initiatives. So there was one. Proposition 22, which was basically about Uber Eats and DoorDash and those kinds of places talking about or whether, just Uber, right? Or just, yeah, or just, I guess, just Uber, yeah. Um, can these drivers be considered employees so that they can be, you know, get all the benefits that come with employees? Or can they stay as what the companies want them to stay as independent contractors so they don't have to provide benefits and they can just, you know, pay them a flat fee? Um, and they voted that they would not be uh, employees, that they would stay independent contractors with, you know, a pretty right. significant, significant difference. Over 2 million people more voted on that. So anyway, pretty interesting. Yeah, very all interesting. It's other, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying that all the other California propositions that were also interesting, um, there was one for, oh, I forget the other ones now. Um, I think there was an abortion one. I think there was one for, um, oh, it was a, a, a affirmative action was the other big one. So like get there was a ballot to, or a measure to get rid of affirmative action. And they said to, or to like re-implement affirmative action. And they said, no, not to re-implement it. Um, so affirmative action oh, will wow. not be in government. So basically a lot of these more liberal uh, initiatives that you think you know would happen in California didn't pass, um, which historically yeah, you know California used to be pretty red. So I guess yeah. What do you think's going on with that? I guess it's just a holdover from that era. Um, slash, people don't know as people don't know as much as we think they know, <laughs> and so when they yeah. see like I think that's the big one, right? They're like, oh, I don't want to vote for Trump, or you know the Republicans, but then they see these initiatives and they're like, oh, well, I want that, or that doesn't seem right. You know, yeah, they don't exactly. actually vote on the issues as much as they voted on the person. Right. So. It's easy to vote R, and R versus D, but these uh, ballots, you know, they aren't listed, like, this is the mm. Republican way, this is the Democrat <laughs> way. Right, you, you have to go and figure like, out yeah, you have to go and figure out which way. And it's actually interesting. So I, I vote in Virginia now, I'm legally registered in Virginia. And we had one that was basically like, uh, the way it is now, 
the governor and his team decides the jurisdictions for like voting. So like okay. they draw the lines for the districts. Right. But the proposition was now they have to appoint a committee out of like four or six. So it's like getting rid of gerrymandering, right? That's so like evenly split. Okay. Well, that's what you would think, but the Democrats were running their ads saying that you should vote no because the committee would be gerrymandering, where it's like both sides were saying the other side was gerrymandering. Right. Which is, is, ger is the government gerrymandering or is this, you know, committee gerrymandering? Is this committee gerrymandering? Yeah. So it was like, it's one of these very like, oh, isn't that so American politics where like we're both just calling it, that's the bad thing. Like yep. no one actually looks into it or whatever. Um, but it is funny because, like, I guess technically they're both gerrymandering if gerrymandering means drawing the districts, like, but I'm pretty sure gerrymandering means, like, entails having it done unfairly or something, or... Gerrymandering, I think, if I could be wrong, but it, I'm pretty sure it means that when they, when a, the people elected draw, redraw the districts so that they are in favor to be re-voted in, right? So it's the idea of, like, oh, I got elected right. yeah. in my town... I'm going to, re and so now I have the power to redraw the district, so I'm going to draw in the way that favors me the most so that I can get reelected. Right. Because if I, right. I could also draw them this way, then I would be unfavored. So I think exactly. that's the idea of gerrymandering. So if you think an outside of committee would prevent that because they're not elected, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Both sides were saying the other side was gerrymandering, and like you can get into the weeds if you want to look it up, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. But uh, it, it did pass that the committee would do. Okay, that's even though like, I, I don't like yeah. gerrymandering, so that, check it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one does, but it's a matter <laughs> of what you call gerrymandering, I guess. There. Pretty funny. Um, yeah, so there's some ballot measures. Feel free to check those out. Those are some of the interesting ones, I think. Um, there's also exit polling uh, for 2020. And if you don't know what exit polling is, it's basically they have people camped out outside of the ballots to ask people questions as they come out. Um, for voting and get more because when you vote you don't write down this is my race this is my sexual orientation this is my age this is what I do for a living how much money I make they ask right. a bunch more interesting questions that obviously people can opt into and you know they don't have to fill out these things but they ask things or along the lines of like um, yeah like I just said your income your race they might ask what your religious beliefs are um, are you military how do you identify politically? All of these right. things. Which qualities matter more in president? So uh, I'll just show that in my teeth. Yeah, and just um, before, we, before we look at these, yeah, go I think ahead. it's definitely worth looking at because uh, a lot of it's really interesting. Exit polling in general is never like the most, you know, like secure because it's often like, you know, the people you don't know ever who knows who's going to vote in person. And this year, I think right. it's going to be especially skewed because of so many mail-in ballots, right? Exactly. So we're going to see more Republicans voting or answering these things. So if that seems like they're a little skewed that way, they might be because more Democrats were voting on in mail-in ballots, which obviously they don't get lumped in exit polls because there's no exit polls for them. Um, so that's definitely worth noting that this year they might be a little more squirrely and we won't have right. our full data for a while exactly some of this is still really it's still worth looking at and it's pretty interesting yeah <laughs> like we know stuff about like i mentioned earlier the hispanics in the florida like that comes from exit polling um, right. so 
yeah, like, yeah, I think you make a great point. It's useful to a degree, but we have to remember, like, this is not everyone who voted. These are just some people. So again, it's back to polling and we know kind of how that story goes and good, good uh, exit pollers will account and do the math to figure out which groups are going to be overrepresented at the polls. But every right. time you have to account for that, your accuracy is going to go down a little bit. And if you do that enough times, and like you said, with mail-ins, and they even say here on New York Times, like these polls are not precise enough to distinguish between like 53% support and 50, 50% support. 50% support. But I think it's interesting to look at the 20, 20 uh, exit polls and then compare them to like 2016 exit polls and try to figure out right. um, which candidates overperformed in areas that they didn't in the past and uh, weigh all of that. But it's, it's still a bit early, but I still think some of it is interesting to look at. Yeah, for sure. For um, yeah, there's a little bit like comparing the two. And yeah, I mean... Trump, you know, wins men and more white voters. Um, women and minorities are more likely to vote for Biden. At least that's right. maintained pretty clear. Hispanic vote actually yeah. swung towards Trump more than it did in 2016. So that was interesting. Yeah, he did a lot better with minorities, I think, than he did in 2016. Yeah, at least, with, which is, you'd feel like it'd be the opposite based on the last four years, but I guess people are just, oh, I don't know. It's become such white noise at this point. Yeah, nice pun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it'll be more interesting to look at as as the next week goes, or the coming weeks, really, when the ballots are finally done being counted, we get more reliable exit polling data, figure out exactly how it broke. I'm sure we'll talk more about that in weeks to come. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... Very the interesting. The last thing I think we should talk about is where we're at now and uh, what the heck's going on. <laughs> um, so if you've been on Twitter, uh, which <laughs> I never recommend, uh, you will notice <laughs> that uh, Trump has not conceded the election and he's been very clear about that, that he won the election actually, and that um, this is not over. <laughs> so I just wanted to like, you know, bring this up and I've had some different people text me like, oh, what do you think about the fraud and like all these different claims and um i'm just i'm very i'm very tired of the so i, I okay, let's, let's see if i can break down my thoughts best i can um so basically because of we had that big swing towards trump at the beginning of the night right and then the big swing back in the, the swing states um we were always going to see a disconnect between people that didn't like mail-in ballots, right? Because majority of these mail-in ballots are voting Democrat. Trump directly told the supporters to not vote that way as much. And Biden told the supporters vote however you wish. And so that was always going to be skewed. Um, this kind of created the perfect storm, especially because Trump outperformed what people thought he was going to perform um, for people to say, well, there clearly must be fraud or some tampering or something and that Trump actually did win and these mail-in ballots shouldn't be trusted. So there was like, you know, calls to stop the vote in Pennsylvania, um, whatever, but it was always kind of known these votes were going to swing that way. And so it's, you know, it's more concerning to me that it's like, okay, they're going to just call this or just want to stop the vote just because they don't like what's coming in. Um, but yeah, anyway, so this continues to be an issue and we're going to be talking about this for a while, I think, which 
it's worth looking into if there's if there are claims. Like I, I totally, I totally get that. There's always election fraud, and you can go on to Heritage Foundation's like tracker, and they have like tracked all the different election fraud of the last 10, 15 years, and it's definitely out there. Like people, people want to cheat to get the people that they won to win. Um, but right now, I'm not seeing any evidence of widespread fraud. We were talking a bit before the show. Is like if we were going to see widespread fraud, we were going to we were going to see it like pretty, pretty widespread. Um, we've got the country's top minds looking into these things, and uh, I'm not seeing any, any, you know, sway one way or another. I think a way yeah. that that I've looked at it that is helpful for me when you're hearing all these conflicting voices, like clearly it's this and clearly it's this. I'm looking at who's saying these things. Um, because I think people's, you know, voices matter. And uh, the people that I'm seeing saying that there's election fraud or saying that there is, it's worth like letting the judicial process play out. Like I've seen Ted Cruz be like, you know, just let it, let's just let it play, let it go, which is true. I think we should do that. Um, but it's very kind of skewed, like hoping for one favorable, sure. <laughs> right? Uh, are these like big Trump supporters? And then everyone else is saying that it's not that case, including some Trump supporters that are saying there's not a lot of election fraud. Um, so when I see that kind of like the middle vote or the middle, like people that are more like centric are like clearly siding one way, that I think makes a difference. Yeah. At least look, yeah. you know, looking at. Um, yep. And I think have it's a worth, wise take. <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth looking at, you know, national, international leaders, national, other national leaders, you know, George Bush is like, hey, Biden won. Uh, I think his statement's really worth reading. I miss the um, leadership of Bush and the way he was so eloquent. And I, I like the way he speaks. So worth looking at yeah. his statement. Um, a lot of other international um, figureheads who were, you know, have been Trump fans like Netanyahu and like, like a lot of these different people that were more, you know, favorable towards Trump have been like congratulated Biden. And um, so I think it's, right. it's pretty one-sided what I, I've seen. Um, I've seen lots of Facebook posts and, and Twitter things that are like, if you think there's no fraud, like you need to wake up and you're just living under a rock and you clearly love <laughs> Biden so much, you're willing to overlook it. <laughs> I don't, there's a lot of people that don't like Biden very much and that didn't want him to win that are still like, yeah, I'm not really seeing much fraud. Right. Um, and I yeah. think it's kind of ridiculous to say otherwise. So yep. that's my, yep. that's my hot take. And I had to rant a little yeah. bit. So. No, no, <laughs> I appreciate it. I think that's a great take. Uh, I, I'm pretty much with you. I, I think there's almost no way there's significant enough election fraud to turn over a state, let alone the four or five that right. Trump lost, and he's going to need two or three of those to break. Right. So it's I not highly, just like, highly, it's not just like oh, if he just got Pennsylvania, you know, if it was like Pennsylvania, right. and there was clearly some tampering there because of you know like boarded up walls, you know, there's sure. always things you see. It's like yes. okay, well, even if he won that, he didn't win here and here and here. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. it would have to be pretty yep. widespread at this point. Right which I, I, I highly doubt that's the case. However, I do think it does need to be looked into. We should obviously always be diligent. Um, election integrity is very important and uh, it does need to be examined. And, and obviously this is such an extenuating circumstance. I mean, we have 
pandemic that caused us to change the rules to the election, like in the months or even weeks leading up to the election. There were court rulings in Pennsylvania that came very close to the day of the election. And, um, and because of all of that, I think we do need to look into it. I hope that once this pandemic goes away, we don't have this mail-in ballot if you feel like it. Like I understand it's a pandemic, people need to be able to vote safely because not allowing it is also a threat to the election, right. I think. Right. Um, because you're going to start seeing younger people show up more instead of older because they're more at risk. And right, you're all skewed, that. you've skewed your... So, yeah. But I hope it never has to happen like this again because it does tend towards uncertainty and not knowing for sure. So it's. I think it's good that they invest all of this energy into figuring it out. I hope people yeah, I will at least stay open-minded i mean right and for the people, people that are yeah you know saying like well so we shouldn't do any like look into it or like no recounts like yeah the recount votes are set you know it's a legal precedent it's like if it's within this thing that the opposing yeah. candidate can legally request a recount so like yeah, that's fine had... like go for it like that happens almost every election right um right yeah so. and it's just such a perfect storm i mean we have seen the contention over mail-in ballots and election fraud, just the talking points have been there since really early. I mean, Trump has been sowing the seeds of, it could be fraud, you shouldn't vote uh, by mail because they're gonna steal it by mail, you should vote in person, all of this. And then on the left, I mean, especially big tech, like every time someone says, oh, maybe mail-in ballots are more prone to fraud, there's immediately a tag saying, no proof, there's never <laughs> been like, yeah, that's true. And, there's a lot of things that have been removed for being false. Probably most of them are true. But when you start lining up the, like, it, this idea of fraud happening was struck down before it, like, could even get debated. They're removing a lot of information instead of potentially just letting it go out and then fighting it with true information. And um, speaking of, Yeah, speaking of all that, I've seen, even among my non-political friends, uh, a huge swing of parlor increase talk. Yeah. So yeah, you, <laughs> parlor is like the new conservative Twitter. Uh, I think we may have talked yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, they would never say they're conservative. They would say they're oh, biased no, for free sure. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but it's like yeah, yeah, mostly yeah. conservatives on the platform. Even a couple months yeah. ago, I think one of the, the founder was like, I will pay a liberal to get on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so yeah, I think like, right. there's a lot of mistrust of like big yeah. tech. And so they wanted to go to a new platform. Right. So people don't trust the media. People don't trust big tech. This, the seeds of this have been sown for forever. Trump yeah, is, Trump is, he's not saying maybe we should look into this and see if there's fraud. He's saying hundred percent there is fraud, which yeah. is definitely not good for like the unity of the country, but I understand it from like a strategy of oh, trying to win it, uh, trying to win at all costs. Like you have to throw this the way you're throwing it, but I, for sure. If, Obviously, if I were president or advising him, I would not say it's not worth it. Like, be be reasonable and all of this. Yeah. Like, let's examine it. Like Ted Cruz is saying, let's examine it. Let's let it play out. Yeah. But um, the last. Yeah. Put, go ahead. Oh yeah. Just the other the other thing that's I think tied up into this is like the distrust of media. I've seen several different statements this year, particularly of being like, okay, the media's called the election, but that means nothing because the election's not called yet, and it's like. Right. Yes, it is. Uh, that is true because the Electoral College has not voted yet. So technically, Biden is not president-elect yet because the Electoral College has not voted. 
But how the Electoral College works is that the people vote and then the Electoral College vote based on what people vote. We know what people voted, so yep. we don't know what the Electoral College is going to vote. So it's a projection of that. So right. to say that the media is lying to you and saying that it's president-elect, like I saw a poll on Twitter that from Dave Rubin that was like, did you know that it's not president-elect right now? It's like, yeah, what? that doesn't help. That doesn't mean anything, right? Like, yeah. um, it's just sowing disunity and I'm, I'm tired of it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I totally get it. I I do think though, like a lot of, a lot of it's brought on it, you know, brought on itself. Like with Twitter, like when Trump was saying really early on, like we're gonna win. I'm confident we're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Frankly, already won. Twitter was like flagging. Oh, this has not been called yet. But basically, at the same time, Joe Biden's lawyer was like, we're gonna win. We're confident we're gonna win. And Twitter was not flagging that. Like Biden yeah. would never get a Twitter tag in a million years. No matter what he said, um, there's definitely there's definitely some some of that out there for sure. Like I'm not discount. I don't want to discount any of that either. Right. So um, I just think it's it's just all time high for perfect storm for this to happen. But personally, yeah. um, we've been laughing and joking about this. I hope you guys can too. Like <laughs> yeah. I I don't think there's need to panic on the left. I don't think there's need to panic for the right. Like um, it, this is going to go through the legal system. Yeah. Uh, Whatever you may think about the Supreme Court and the judges in place, I actually, I mean, I'm probably biased, but I have full confidence in them to make the right decision. I've seen them say many a times, like when you're a Supreme Court judge, your job is not to put in your own preferences to be objective and apply the law. And I've seen them rule on things that they personally disagree with because they know that the, the law is what it is. And I... I have faith that it's going to get worked out. And I think Trump will probably not make any headway in the Supreme Court. And uh, you guys will see. <laughs> did you see, did you see uh, SCOTUS blog's tweet like the day no. after the election? They were like, there is literally 0% chance that at this point that this, the Supreme Court will overturn the election results. Like they were like, they're the, and they're the de facto you know, experts on the Supreme Court. Right, and if they're saying that they're like Supreme Court, even if all the people that are Trump appointees, it's like they're not gonna. If yeah. There's no like true fraud. Like they're not gonna. They're not gonna overturn anything. Uh, they're not gonna vote. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. And appointed them. They're gonna be on there for forty years. Like they have no reason to. You know, risk that their the court's uh, approval based on you know next four years of the president. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen a lot of claims, but I haven't yet to see any smoking guns. Yep. And, uh, you know, if we saw a couple of things that looked promising, we'd be like, oh, maybe they will rule. But right now it's looking like a whole lot of nothing. Um, so we'll see. I'm sure like we talked about, there's going to be instances where things were not done and not done correctly. And yeah, there's going to um, be fraud. People... There's going to be mistakes. There's, you know, human error in elections when, you know, hundreds of millions of people are voting. It's like, Right. There's going to be some of that. So, yeah. But uh, I hope it's all done soon, Jared. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, by January, we'll, it'll you know, finally be wrapped up. So, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Any, uh, any closing thoughts for us? Um, I think that's about it. I think it's been, it's been fun to watch, like, as, you know, being very object trying to be as objective as i can you know just looking at this from a historical and like political you know political perspective uh and, and analyzing it in that way has been fun yeah. Yeah. um 
and it's a crazy time in history and we're gonna be talking about this election for probably decades and yeah um, cool that we gotta be a part of it at least yeah it happens absolutely so. cool any uh recommendations before i, I intro us out did have a recommendation and then i forgot it so oh, no. um let me see hold on <laughs> Uh, Let me see. I'm trying to remember if I have anything on the fly. No, I had. Uh, well, okay. I'll, Mandalorian season. Yeah, Mandalorian season has been pretty good. I've been watching The Queen's Gambit uh, based on your recommendation last week. So Had a boy. That's been really fun. Um, no, I will, rec I will recommend an author that I really like. Uh, his name is Brandon Sanderson. He is a fantasy author. He is releasing... Um, the fourth book in his like big master epic, um, which is going to eventually be 10 of them. And he releases one every three or four years. Um, and that comes out next week. So that's kind of, I just read the first, I just finished the first book in that series. I never read them before. Uh, it's the Stormlight Archive. Um, but my favorite, nice. series, one of my favorite series of all times he wrote is called Mist the Mistborn Trilogy. And I've recommended it to several people who are not fantasy fans and they, everyone loved it. Everyone loves it. Um, cool. It's very good. So, yeah, Brand Sanderson, he's great. Nice. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, my voice just cracked. <laughs> I, was I, was okay. I almost said something, and you said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that doesn't happen very often. Anymore. You know, take it when it happens. Go ahead and like us on Facebook. Uh, yes. Like us on YouTube. Like this video. Subscribe. And, yeah, catch us on Spotify. And really all Spotify, places. My Anchor, Podcast, Google Podcasts. Still not on Apple Podcasts. One day, maybe, when I get around to it. <laughs> um, Who's listening to Apple Podcasts? I know. It's a horrible interface. So, and I still <laughs> use it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Hope you guys have a good rest of your week. And we will be back next week. Yes. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>